Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. I'm Kristen Dobniak, holistic nutritionist and mama of two, and this is the Healthy Balance Mama podcast, a podcast about ditching the diet dogma, embracing intuitive eating, real food, and living healthy, happy, and whole. Please note the information and opinions on this podcast are intended for information and inspiration only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. Now, on to the show. Hey there, Kristen back again for another episode of the Healthy Mama Life podcast. I hope you are all enjoying listening as much as I am enjoying creating and recording these episodes. I truly feel like I'm spilling out so much of the knowledge I've spent so many years learning, and my hope is that it might ease the burden I know many of you have been holding on to for so long when it comes to dieting for health, and begin to guide you along the way of true health and happiness through tuning into your body. So today, I wanted to begin that guidance process with something you've heard me mention, but not dig into yet, and that is intuitive eating. I came upon intuitive eating in 2016 when I was preparing for my fitness competition. I started to feel restricted and really come to terms with the fact that I was in the middle of what was truly a relapse of my eating disorder in another form. Now, this is not true for everyone who competes in high-level athletics. I believe you can do it in a healthy way, maybe not fitness competition prep, but you can be an athlete and have a balanced view of food. But with my history and tendency to become obsessive over food, it was not a healthy place to be. So I had started listening to some podcasts talking about intuitive eating and mulling over the idea that it might be possible to enjoy balanced nutrition simply by tuning into our bodies. This was revolutionary in all the training I had. The classical nutrition I learned in university taught macronutrients and calorie counting. Holistic nutrition taught micronutrients and special diets. Often skewed towards one or another, my program skewed on the vegetarian, vegan side of things. Exercise nutrition taught strict portion control. Pre and post workouts. Everything I had learned was essential to complete my education in food and nutrition, but it served to feed my obsession around food in the same way diets do for so many others. The idea that I didn't ever have to count, track, or measure was revolutionary, but I was not ready for it. 
It wasn't until my health crash post-competition, which if you listen to my story in episode two, you'll hear a little bit about, that I decided to dig into what intuitive eating really was. Intuitive eating is a concept developed by dietitians Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch 20 years ago. In the heyday of low-fat everything in the mid-90s, Evelyn and Elise proposed it wasn't strict diets, counting fat grams, or dividing food into zones that would create lasting health, but tuning in, becoming intuitive about what foods feel good in our bodies, when and whatever amounts feel the best. It was profound and unorthodox in the nutrition world. It was freeing. But intuitive eating has been misinterpreted over the years, often as the hunger and fullness diet. Just eat anything when you're hungry and stop when you're full, right? Leaving much of the intuitive, introspective nature out of it. Are we really tuning in to every aspect of eating if we're simply eating anything, but just when we're hungry? There is so much more to it than this. So today, I thought I would give you an overview of the 10 principles of intuitive eating so you can start to dig in further to the concepts surrounding intuitive eating and begin your own journey to finding your beautiful balance. Before I begin, I want to make it clear I did not develop these concepts. These concepts were developed by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch, as outlined in the book Intuitive Eating, first published in 1996 by St. Martin's Press, with my own commentary as a holistic nutritionist in the process of becoming a certified intuitive eating counselor. So let's dig in. Principle one, reject the diet mentality. This is what the book says. Throw out the diet books and magazine articles that offer you false hope of losing weight quickly, easy, and permanently. Get angry at the lies that have led you to feel as though you were a failure every time a new diet stopped working and you gained back all the weight. If you allow even one small hope to linger, then a new and better diet might be lurking around the corner. It'll prevent you from being free to rediscover intuitive eating. Sounds a bit like ditching the diet dogma, right? This is the first and key step to intuitive eating. If you're still holding on to hope that another diet will come along to save you, it's kind of like holding on to hope that Prince William will come riding down your street in a horse with gilded saddle to sweep you off your feet and ride into the distance. He's married with three kids. It's just not going to happen. Your dreams of being a diet princess are long gone because they are simply not realistic. I teach that embracing intuitive eating is about ditching the diet dogma once and for all. And when and only when you get there, then you can move on to the next steps. Principle two, honor your hunger. The book says, keep your body biologically fed with adequate energy and carbohydrates. Otherwise, you can trigger a primal drive to overeat. Once you reach the moment of excessive hunger, all intentions of moderate conscious eating are fleeting and irrelevant. Learning to honor this first biological signal sets the stage for rebuilding trust with yourself and food. Hunger is at the crux because how many of us have lost trust in our body's ability to tell us when to eat? How many of us ignore our hunger because it's not the time or we just ate instead of listening to our body's innate cues? We wouldn't deny our body's innate urges to pee. Why are we denying our urge for nourishment? Principle number three, make peace with food. Call a truce, stop the food fight, give yourself unconditional permission to eat. If you tell yourself you can't or shouldn't have a particular food, it can lead to intense feelings of deprivation that build into uncontrollable cravings and often binging. When you finally give in to your forbidden food, eating will be experienced with such intensity, it usually results in last supper overeating and overwhelming guilt. 
Friends, this is one of the longest and hardest steps when I'm working with clients. And I know it was for myself. Unconditional permission to eat. How does that feel? A little scary, right? We think that if we give ourselves full permission to eat, we simply won't stop. And for many of us, it does take a period of time of simply letting ourselves eat all of the foods we've restricted for so long to allow ourselves to come to a place where we trust that our body will tell us when and how much is enough. It's a hard process, and many of us want to fight against it. I know I did. But it's only when we work through it that we can truly move forward. Don't worry, I'll be digging way further into these principles in later episodes. This is just an overview. Let's move on to principle four. Principle four, challenge the food police. The book says, scream a loud no to thoughts in your head that declare you're good for eating minimal calories or bad because you ate a piece of chocolate cake. The food police monitor the unreasonable rules that dieting has created. The police station is housed deep in your psyche, and its loudspeaker shouts negative barbs, hopeless phrases, and guilt-provoking indictments. Chasing the food police away is a critical step in returning to intuitive eating. For those of us who were trapped in the diet mindset for so long, this can be incredibly difficult. Friends, food has no morals. It is not inherently good or bad unless you stole it. Truly eating intuitively means ignoring the voices in your head that tell you to count calories or macros or points, that a food is too high in this or that, or that something isn't the healthy choice. What's healthy for me and what's healthy for you is going to be different because we are different. Challenging the food police means challenging the dogma. Challenging the food police means challenging the food police every time these thoughts come up. It's not a linear road. Ditching the diet dogma doesn't mean you won't still think these thoughts. I still have food police thoughts come in, and a lot of it has to do with the work I do. And I have to remind myself that there are no good or bad foods. There are foods that work for an individual and those that don't. And this can change week to week, day to day, hour to hour. Principle five, respect your fullness. Listen for the body signals that tell you you're no longer hungry. Observe the signs that show that you're comfortably full. Pause in the middle of a meal or food and ask yourself how the food tastes and what is your current fullness level. Friends, this can be really hard to determine when you have spent years eating a certain amount because that's a serving size or when you're not measuring and tracking, eating beyond fullness because you're not allowing yourself time to listen to those inner cues. Getting in tune with your fullness is just as hard and as crucial as honoring your hunger. Principle six. This is one of my favorites. Discover the satisfaction factor. Okay, friends, I have a culinary degree, so I'm a foodie. Satisfaction is key in eating. The book says this. The Japanese have the wisdom to promote pleasure as one of their goals of healthy living and our fury to be thin and healthy. We often overlook one of the most basic gifts of existence, the pleasure and satisfaction that can be found in the eating experience. When you eat what you really want in an environment that is inviting and conducive, the pleasure you derive will be a powerful force in helping you feel satisfied and content. These are things like allowing yourself to eat food in a preparation you enjoy. Here's an example from my own life. I don't love many raw veggies. 
Sometimes I enjoy the crunch of carrot sticks along with my wrap, and I love a good well-dressed salad. But you will not find me crunching on raw celery sticks, bell pepper, and certainly not raw broccoli and cauliflower. Crows. But roasted broccoli and cauliflower? Bell pepper in a stir-fry or chili? Delicious. But snacking on raw veggies doesn't do it for me, no matter what I'm dipping them in, and I'm left unsatisfied and still hankering for something satisfying. Some of us are more satisfied by meals that are higher in carbohydrates, like my husband. Some are satisfied by meals higher in fat. Neither is right or wrong, and neither needs to become dogmatic in how you eat either. It's simply something to notice. Sometimes you want the big bowl of rice or the greasy burger, and that's okay. These are all things you'll learn as you begin to tune in to your body's signals and satisfaction cues. Principle seven, honor your feelings without using food. The book says, find ways to comfort, nurture, distract, and resolve your issues without using food. Anxiety, loneliness, boredom, anger are emotions we all experience throughout life. Each has its own trigger and each has its own appeasement. Food won't fix any of these feelings. It may comfort for the short term, distract from the pain, or even numb you into a food hangover. But food won't solve the problem. If anything, eating for an emotional hunger will only make you feel worse in the long run. You'll ultimately have to deal with the source of the emotion as well as the discomfort of overeating. This is a whole other episode, or five, but this is a huge part of the intuitive eating process. It's okay to eat emotionally sometimes. We are emotional beings and food is good. Food is celebratory. Food is comforting. But if we're constantly using food to avoid or quell our emotions, we are not using food for its intended purpose, to fuel and to nourish. And it goes right along with principle number eight, respect your body. Accept your genetic blueprint. Just as a person with a shoe size of 8 would not expect to realistically squeeze into a size 6, it's equally as futile and uncomfortable to have the same expectation with body size. But mostly, respect your body so you can feel better about who you are. It's hard to reject the diet mentality if you're unrealistic and overly critical about your body shape. The most important part of this is accepting where you are now without judgment. You will never achieve true intuitive eating if your goal is to change your body. You cannot tune into your body fully if you're not respecting and accepting it. Your body might change in the intuitive eating process as you learn to tune into your body's cues. This is normal and natural, especially if you've been fighting your body for so many years. Accepting where you are and all the changes that might come along with learning to eat intuitively is key. Friend, God gave you this beautiful body, and it is our job to honor it and nourish it and accept it exactly as it is. It might change over time, and we are to respect those changes for what they are, the passage of time, the experiences we've enjoyed, and practice tuning into rather than fighting against our bodies. Principle nine, exercise. Feel the difference. Forget militant exercise. Just get active and feel the difference. Shift your focus to how it feels to move your body rather than the calorie-burning effect of exercise. If you focus on how you feel from working out, such as energized, it can make the difference between rolling out of bed for a brisk morning walk or hitting the snooze alarm. If when you wake up your only goal is to lose weight, it's usually not a motivating factor in that moment of time. 
This is such a freeing and enjoyable part of intuitive eating, and it doesn't even have to do with our food. Joyous movement is a game changer. What's important is simply moving our bodies in a way that feels good to us, not what some fitness expert tells us is the best way. I call it fitness that feels good. Exercising to nourish rather than change our bodies. And principle number 10, honor your health. I know you guys have been waiting for this. I am a nutritionist and I believe nutrition matters. But we cannot get to a place where we are truly nourishing our bodies until we ditch the diet dogma, make peace with food, honor our hunger and fullness, figure out what satisfies, and then and only then can we start to make changes to our nutrition. The book calls this gentle nutrition. And it says make food choices that honor your health and taste buds while making you feel well. Remember, you don't have to eat a perfect diet to be healthy. You will not suddenly get a nutrient deficiency or gain weight from one snack, one meal, or one day of eating. It's what you eat consistently over time that matters. Progress, not perfection, is what counts. Friends, I hope you took something from this today. I hope you took a lot from this today. And it's okay if you're feeling overwhelmed. It's a lot to take in. It's not something you can adopt overnight. It's a step-by-step process. It's work, but it's important work. It's life-changing work, and it is so worth the effort. I can tell you that firsthand. So wherever you are in your intuitive eating journey today, whether you're just getting started or somewhere along the spectrum, I am here for you, friend, to guide you in your journey here on the podcast, on my blog, or in person. If you'd like to talk about working together, I would love to chat more. You can email me at chris, that's K-R-I-S, at healthymamachris.com. Or you can go to healthymamachris.com. The link is in the show notes. This is just a taste of what I want to share with you over the next episodes in this podcast. We will be digging so much more into the principles as the weeks go on. I'm so glad you tuned in today. Remember, if you like this podcast, please hit the subscribe button so you'll see every episode. And if you loved it, go ahead and give it a review for me. Every subscribe and every five-star review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women that need to hear it. My hope is that you feel healthy, happy, and whole. Have a beautiful day.